0: You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 128. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Ingrid Jansen and Leslie Spellman, fellow podcasters about decluttering your tough clutter. You know, that stuff that others say you should just toss, but you just can't bring yourself to do it. If you've ever hesitated to declutter an item in the past, well, give today's episode a listen. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Well, hi, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time here, well, welcome to the show. I'm honored to have you. I hope you enjoy what you hear and you come back for more. Today, I am excited to bring you my conversation with two lovely women who are also entrenched in this decluttering space. But before we get too far into our conversation today, I want to take one moment and tell you how grateful I am that you are here with me. This week is Thanksgiving in the States, and it is one of my favorite holidays. I love taking a moment to pause and reflect on the wonderful moments, people, and things that we have in our lives. It doesn't hurt that we get to eat some delicious food as well and, of course, spend time with our loved ones. So I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and you are able to take a moment to be grateful for all that you have as well. And now back to our guests this week. Today I am speaking with Ingrid Jansen and Leslie Spellman, the team behind the Declutter Hub. Leslie describes herself as the more impulsive one of the team. She likes to jump right in and see how things go. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but she is a firm believer in learning from your mistakes and always trying to keep moving forward in life. Ingrid is a cheese cycling and pancake loving Dutch mom of two teens. She calls herself the list maker of the team and enjoys talking to everyone all the time. They each formed their respective organizing businesses over 12 years ago and have been working in their business together for just over three years now, so they have some great perspective to share. Give this episode a listen, and when you are done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 128 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to their website and podcast. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 128. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hello, Ingrid and Leslie. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. I am so excited to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much, Deanna, for having us. We are thrilled that we can talk about decluttering and organizing because we love it.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, pleasure. And um, I am a sucker
0: for that British accent. So this is going to be a lot of fun to listen to today myself, <laughs> <laughs> along with, of course, the topic of decluttering, because who doesn't love decluttering amongst the three of us? So let's get into a little bit. Let's talk about how you guys... Um, how you two kind of came together. You're working um, in this business together. So let's talk about a little bit about that. I don't know how you guys want to take that, but how did you come to work together? How did you become professional home organizers and all of the fun that led to here?
2: Well, I'll talk about how I became an organizer back in the day. So this is kind of 12 years ago. And it's quite interesting because I took on a very derelict and, and a mean completely derelict water pouring through the roof kind of Victorian property. And I sort of renovated it from scratch, but it had been lived in before I bought it by a hoarder. And I do mean it, a, a hoarder in the true sense of the word, someone with hoarding disorder. And so the interesting thing for me, because the house was cleared by the time that I moved in, but the interesting thing for me was the judgment that came from all the people who passed. So people would be so excited about the fact that this I saw house that had been there for 20, 30 years while uh, the person who lived it had uh, had lived in it. But what happened was people were, like, oh, it was terrible. He was he was terrible, he was obviously very ill, it was, but there wasn't really much empathy. And so I kind of took it all on board and I disliked the way that people were talking about this guy and didn't understand the way that he had a mental health issue. So that was, I think, where the seed was sown. So part being able to organize the house and put fantastic storage in everywhere and part understanding the emotions that sat behind the guy that I lived here before. So those two things combined, and six months later, I became a freshman organizer.
0: Oh, so interesting. I love how there's so many different um, paths into this field or kind of, um, you know, along the way. Well, Ingrid, let's hear from you.
1: Yes. Well, I actually was a trained hotelier and I specialized in hotel cleaning. So I I love a bit of cleaning besides decluttering and organizing as well. And after working in hotels for many, many years, I thought, okay, how am I going to combine that job with being a mom of two children? And I realized I couldn't. And then I was talking to my friends and they were like, why don't you help other people get organized? You are such an organized person. And I kind of started Googling and it all happened from there. Oh, like I said,
0: so many different paths into uh, where we are. So that's so great. So, would you say you were um, organized growing up, or was that something that, you know, especially going into the hotelier business, is that something that kind of you learned along the path, or how did you kind of learn
1: the tactics that you use today? I can very much kind of look back at my mom. My mom was a very organized person. I think she would have made an A's organizer. I mean, back in the day when it wasn't even a thing yet, but she's always been very structured, very organized. She was a teacher. Um, my dad used to work in, in in finance and accounting and stuff like that. So we were always very on top of all of these things at home and our cleaning and our spring cleaning. And I, I grew up in the Netherlands, so, um, I think Dutch people do do love a bit of cleaning as well. So I think that all kind of combined I think I really learned it from my mum and also a mm-hmm. little bit from my dad. Nice.
2: I, I mean, I was a, I'm an only child. And so I just used to spend my weekends moving my bedroom around <laughs> or cleaning out kitchen cupboards. My mum used to say, you can have 50p a cupboard for doing." maybe it wasn't 50p. It was probably 10p back in the day, back in <laughs> the kind of 70s or whatever. And I, I used to constantly be reorganizing cupboards, moving my bedroom around. So I think that's where my love of organizing came from, being able to find solutions and switch things around a little bit.
0: Mm, Love it. So how did you two join up forces and start working together?
2: Yes, that's actually so
1: basically, Leslie and I both started about 12 years ago and we both joined the Association of Professional Declutters and Organizers. Mm. It's like the NAPO in Mm -hmm. in the US, but Mm -hmm. we have here APDO in the UK. And we both started volunteering a lot for the association, and I ended up becoming the president for four years, and Leslie ended up being head of mentoring and head of website and lots of. We had an amazing team of uh, an amazing board of of people working together, and Leslie and I, after six years of volunteering, said, "Okay, I think we've done enough now. Let's let's go and do our own jobs again." Leslie in Manchester, me in London. And we really missed working together. So mm-hmm. we kind of, Leslie rang up and said, Ingrid, let's do something together. Leslie, you take on here. You tell it, it
2: all snowballed from there, basically. <laughs> it did. So we were like, well, you know, just because we're 200 miles apart, that doesn't mean that we can't work together. So why don't we do? course like an online course or something we can write it together because we've done a lot of training as well so what started out as a course very quickly became a podcast and then became an online membership English is a very practical one I'm the very emotional one I'm the one that's always picking English all very little Dutch idiosyncrasies I would say and so we just have a lot of fun we understand that decluttering and organizing is a very serious business um, but we actually try to bring the fun factor into organizing and that's our kind of raison de isn't it, Ingrid?
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think we really enjoyed it. I think we can really see the difference that we make in other people's lives. And I think that's, that's what we love the most. Hmm. I
0: love that. I, I love the fun. I am a huge proponent of, you know, we don't have to take everything so seriously. And yes, like you said, decluttering can be serious business and it can be very emotional and it can be very, you know, tough and, and hard to get through, but you know, if we can just sprinkle in a little bit of love and a little bit of fun, get through it. And it yeah. it really is so much easier as you start to make progress. So I'm curious because you have people from all over the world, are there big differences you see? Like, do you see differences in, you know, your, uh, us members, like how they declutter or the things they have versus maybe people in the UK or in Australia, or are there, idiosyncrasies like that that you can see differences?
2: Um, I think not. I think clutter has no boundaries and I think everyone goes through the same things. We're very emotionally led and so we're all about digging deep into the emotions and we almost think that throwing things away or donating things is a byproduct of decluttering we think it's all about getting down to that emotional side of things and we all pretty much have the same emotion not the same emotions but there are threads that run through it no i mean it's but that yes there are idiosyncrasies with all of those Mm -hmm. different races of course there are but you know but not in terms of the decluttering what would you say ingrid
1: no i think i mean the terminology makes us laugh because (laughs) in in you know we say things and they're like what do you mean it's like it's like a a good example it's like we say trousers and and American piece of pants but pants here is underwear which always gives us a giggle and there's like a whole list of kind of fun things that are the boot of the car is our trunk and exactly (laughs) exactly yeah for sure exactly but I think that makes it interesting and that's why people are like oh I I think it's so funny when you talk about things or the terminology yet that you use but Mm we found out it doesn't really matter what size house you have, hmm. it's the clutter and the emotions, the, 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 the feeling guilty about holding on to stuff, the finding it hard to let go of the sentimental items, the, the expensive gifts that have been received that are cluttering up people's houses. Of course, the houses in the US and in Canada are probably much bigger than here in the UK, but a room with a lot of stuff, AKA a room of doom or a dumping ground or whatever, whether it's small or large, it's still, you know, it's still clutter that needs to be sorted through and and tackled in a certain order. So I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. Oh, I'm the only one in the world who's got this problem. And I think just finding kindred spirits who understand, it's not just, oh, I just put it in a bin bag. You haven't used it for <laughs> you haven't used it for six months. It can go. And Everyone's like, but I can't do that. And, and, yeah. and we are very understanding about that. And I think that's what they love. Yeah. So one
0: question I get a ton is about getting kids on board. So can you give us ideas on how you recommend we declutter with kids?
2: I think one of the biggest problems that we find when it comes to kids is, and certainly a lot of people that are in our world would be, um, as I say, we talked about emotions and probably quite cluttered. And a lot of people have not been taught themselves how to manage their homes. And I think there's that whole thing where you go, go tidy your room to your child and they don't know how to do that anymore than you know how to do it. So you're struggling with that as an adult, you're telling a 10 year old child to go and clean an, a, a, an overwhelming room. And you've not gone through the process of breaking things down with them. So, you know, and honestly, that's one of the biggest light bulb moments that goes on of people with our members when they're like, why won't the kids help? Why won't the kids help? It's just me. It's just me. But have you told them when you said, make your bed or tidy your room or put your toys away? Have you created a framework for them to do that? Have you spent the time with them explaining expectations, explaining the fact that when you get new toys for Christmas, then some need to go out to make space for that. So I think it's, for me, it's really taking things back to basics and explaining to kids that, uh, so, and spending the time with your children, sorry, to to show them how to do it. Because I think we expect them to do it without, giving them the framework or the basics for that. That's our experience, isn't it, Ingrid?
1: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. And I think we have uh, several checklists. And one of them as well is like, for the kids, for the kids bedroom, have you opened your curtains? Have you put your dirty laundry in your laundry basket? Have you brushed your teeth? Have you made your bed? But you can't give a list and expect them to do it. If you've never shown a child how to do this, what does tidy away your toys mean? Is it does it mean opening a cupboard door, and just shoving everything? Or is it actually putting the musical instruments together and the Duplo blocks and the Lego and the train set in different baskets. Are there different baskets? Or is it okay, all in one gigantic baskets? Where do the books go? So are there actually homes for the items that kids have? And once you start to teach that, I mean, uh, my kids are getting teenagers now. I found three glasses in my son's room the other day. And I'm like, we're getting a situation here that more cutlery and and crockery is gonna be in his bedroom soon. But you know what I mean? He's a teenager. They they do that kind of stuff. But they have been taught well how to do that. But you need to start it at a young age. You can't suddenly say to a 10-year-old if they've always been left to their own devices, well you need to learn how to you need to tidy up your room now. It's it slowly but surely you learn that along the way and then you will see those results. And if your child is 10 years old, now you're thinking, hmm, this actually hits home quite a lot. <laughs> show them, yeah. take the time, maybe show them once, twice, three, four, five times before they understand what is expected of them. Right, absolutely. I mean, just as we had to teach
0: our toddlers how to brush their teeth, We have to teach our children and you can't just say, go put the dishes away. Like, where do the dishes go? What, you know, how do you take a plate from the table and put it in the dishwasher or wash it? You know? So yeah, there's all those, definitely those little steps that uh, come along with any new task. And I, as you know, when I became a mom, those were the kind of those interesting things of like, holy moly, this human knows nothing. She knows absolutely nothing, (laughs) nothing, unless I tell her or she learned it from somebody else, right. From school or from friends or from family, like she knows nothing. And so it's really interesting that we can think like, oh, they should just know, but unless they've been told exactly how, how are they to know? So yeah, no, yeah. So good. So yes, so definitely modeling behavior. And, um, and I love that idea of checklists. That's a great way to keep them on task and so they know what they're doing. So when people are starting out, do you have any like house rules pertaining to cleaning or organizing that you like to follow?
1: Yes, definitely. We talk a lot about daily resets you need to do stuff daily. Yes, we can teach you how to declutter and organize your kitchen, your bedroom, your living room, your paperwork, but you need to make sure that you daily tidy it up a little bit and do a daily reset, probably in the morning and in the evening. So, for example, after my evening dinner, the kids need to put their plates in the dishwasher and they need to empty their recycling in my recycling bins out front of my house. And once a week they also need to hoover and mop my kitchen floor. That's a non-negotiable that happens daily and weekly. These non-negotiables happen all the time. And that's how I make sure that I don't have a buildup of stuff. Of course, when I come into the kitchen to get a cup of tea throughout the day, I'm not tidying away all the time, but I make sure that in the morning and in the evening I've got two points in the day where I do a bit of a tidy. And then on a the Saturday, I kind of walk around my house and I put some stuff away that has strayed through the week. The shoots get tidy up, the, the the little random bits and bobs here and there, some recycling that I find in my bathroom, a little empty loo roll gets put in the recycling. But I do kind of those little daily resets all the time. And that's how you maintain a room once you've
2: decluttered and organized it. And I think just to take that one step further, England, that, you know, non-negotiables that we speak about, they're big. We have non-negotiables for every room, every person. And we, we definitely encourage people to work out what those non-negotiables are. So for some people, it might be feed the dog, obviously a non-negotiable hopefully but for other people it's going to be something different and <laughs> we hope that the dogs getting fed. um but yeah do you know to I me mean? so it's like working out what are the non-negotiables and and particularly with your children and with your partners who's going to do what what's the what's the split going to be you know because i think sometimes if you are the more organised person or the person that has taken on that responsibility in your home, sometimes it's easier to do it yourself. But that's not going to help you in the long run, and you have to kind of almost fight your battles and work out what you're going to do. Particularly with children and partners, it's 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 hard. And it, you know we haven't got it right. Please don't feel that we are sitting here in these beautiful, tidy, organised homes because we're absolutely not. Our homes have as much thrown at them every day as anybody else's home. But we've just got these things that are just habit, and we just plod through the day doing these non-negotiables and getting it right so I think it's just that and it becomes habit and I would never leave my room in the morning without making my bed or not never because that sounds a little bit dramatic but you know maybe sometimes but not often because that's part of the start of my day and it's just getting these things and we see all the time you know people that we work with are very much to like I started it and I'm forced myself to do it for a month. And now I don't give it a second thought. And I've never done that for the previous 35 years of my life, which is something that's, you know, it's just something as simple as do the washing up, you know, when you finish your dinner, because that's really going to help you in the long run. So it's simple steps, isn't it? That make all the difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love how you said that simple steps that really do make all the difference. So how do you start to come up with that list of those non-negotiables?
1: We will be right back. And now
0: back to the show.
1: You have yeah. to really take it back to basics and explain that and show that. What people see all the time is perfect homes in magazines, on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but my house doesn't look like that. How do I even find my keys and find my wallet <laughs> and my phone? Yeah. And how do I get out of the door on time? and how do you even meal plan? Where do you start? I'm look, I'm opening my cupboard and I just see lots of out of date tins. And mm. I don't know how to do that. And I think by showing and by explaining and by demonstrating and not just kind of going, okay, here's already a perfect cupboard and I'm going to put some beautiful yeah. containers in to make it even more pretty. Our members are like, I just want to be able to find a pair of scissors when I need one. You know what I mean? So what
0: happens? So, okay, let's talk about when you guys have strayed from your goals. Here, you're trying to teach, obviously, and I'm on board, right? I am not perfect. I am a work in progress and I'm a human and life happens yeah. and life yeah. happens in the house and it's not always pretty. Um, so what do you do to get back on track or, you know, how do you, how do
1: you deal with that? Well, your question makes me laugh <laughs> so much <laughs> Deanna, because Leslie is the one who gets me off track all the time <laughs> because I am a list maker, right? So I kind of like, I'm like, look at my diary and I make my list and I'm like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And then Leslie is like, Ingrid, I've got an amazing idea. Come on, let's figure out and let's Google this and find out and read up and watch this video. And da-da-da. and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I had to really learn that over three years to actually go, Leslie. Loving the idea, <laughs> but that's not the plan. <laughs> this is not my plan. This is not your plan. Love your shiny new thing. But can we just put it on the list?
2: Can we put it on the list? So, Leslie, I'm sorry, <laughs> but shall and she? Uh, okay, <laughs> now I feel like I'm getting told off here. I'm getting told off, but I think just to put that into it into a sort of decluttering context yeah. and the kind of shiny new objects—that's what it is. And there are many people mm. who get distracted so when you're going around and you set out I'm going to do this room and then all of a sudden you find something that belongs in another room and then you go to the other room and take it back and then you get distracted and then you're like where was I I was doing this I was doing my jewelry and all of a sudden I'm now doing my herbs and spices how did that happen and so I think it's that but I think it's also there's a little bit of, of trying to stay focused on task I think it's also really important that you are kind to yourself enough to know that these things happen and that life is de- destined to take us off track, whether it's people, whether it's experiences, whether it's stuff that's happening throughout the day. Pick yourself up tomorrow. Be kind to yourself. Know that that's normal and move on and keep on going. I think that's it. I think it's that commitment to the journey to keep on saying, "Well, yesterday didn't quite go as planned, and that's fine because there's so many things that come into play." Diana, you know, there's. It's not just other things you know we've got medication to think about we've got disability to think about mental health to think about you know kids work all of these distractions take us off track from what we're trying to do with our decluttering and organizing journey and we need to know that you know if we can do it for 50 days a year out of 350 then we're doing 50 days more than we were doing last year and so that's the important thing i think isn't it being kind to yourself and knowing that you can pick yourself up tomorrow and carry on yeah great what about when
0: you don't have, um, support in your house? What if you're the one that wants to do this and your partner's not on board? What do you, how do you kind of help people tackle that? Cause that's another one that people ask about all the time, right?
2: Deanna, have you found the answer to that question? If <sighs> you, you tell us that you found yeah. the answer to that question, that you're a better person than we are. Cause we're <laughs> like, well, it's not quite as simple. So we, tend to go down the route of leading by example. And so, because we tend to find that people are a little bit like, well, oh, that's a load of nonsense. That's why they're doing that. And they're going down that decluttering journey again. You know, there's mm. all that kind of, we've been here before and you're just going to fall off the wagon again in another few weeks and not on board. But once you start to see that success in your house and start to, and people start to see the benefits of simplicity, of minimalism, wherever you are in that journey, um, then people go, well, oh, I kind of like that. And maybe I'll start to do a little bit as well. So we definitely see that, transition of other people in the house kind of coming on yeah. board once they see the benefits. But I think it has to be visible. But yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we would say. No,
1: definitely. ingrid yeah. do you want to add anything? Yeah, definitely. Um what we see a lot as well is that we say to start with yourself. Yeah. Start with your own stuff. Start with the areas you're responsible for. And no, the other people aren't gonna probably come on board the next day. It's gonna it sometimes take weeks or months Or maybe if you're unlucky, never, but you can't declutter other people's belongings, it needs to be their choice. And it's very, very lovely. I mean, one of our members was sharing a story a while back that in the beginning, her partner, her husband was very reluctant about this whole thing. But the more kind of things started to happen around the house and she's really doing fantastically with her decluttering and organizing, it was like, wow. We, we are saving money, we are we having more time, we are less stressed with all of us. Actually, I, I really think we should look at our shed at some point. So she was like the next day, right, I'm ready to do the shed. And he was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So yeah. it took another while, like, let's wait for better weather and all of that kind of thing. But I think slowly but surely really does it. So don't throw in the towel yourself if nobody around you is on board. Start with yourself, your own clothes, your own things, your own papers, and you will see a trickle effect hopefully happen, but it will take time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't nag somebody into change, right? I mean, no. just like we have to think about that for ourselves like somebody yelling at us, or somebody nagging us, or somebody guilting us into something doesn't make us want to change. And so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with the leading by example and you will find the benefits yourself. And then once you start to experience those, it's so much easier to get other people to buy in as well. Because like you said, if we've tried this before and it has been more of a fad in our lives, instead of something that's really been a change we want to internalize, then it is easier for people to kind of dismiss that. But once they see the change really happen, they get on board. And I've seen that time and time again. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I have an kind of outside the box question. What is one thing that you have decluttered? What's like the thing that like started you decluttering? Like you got rid of that and you were like, I'm so happy. I finally let that go. That's been, you know, that was holding me back for so long. And now I feel relief. Do you have any examples that you can think of? I know I'm kind of springing this one on you.
1: So,
2: (laughs) Fun. Ingrid, i'll leave yeah. this one for you no i think
1: actually leslie because i actually thought of an example you did your sentimental items didn't you that was yeah f- yeah,
2: yeah yeah maybe you can tell uh Deanna about that that's a lot though. yeah in the, in in the pandemic i finally did <laughs> i was like okay i've got time now you to do time. my sentimental <laughs> items and i did that and one of the things that i absolutely loved that i did declutter was what i found because i'm you know uh, i was kind of a child of the Sort of late sixties, early seventies, and at the time that I was at university, it was all about letter writing. And Mm. so my friends used to, my boyfriend used to write me letters. My now husband actually, my um my friends used to write me letters. And what I what I decluttered was I sent the letters back to the people that had written them because I felt that the memories in those letters were their memories. So they would write back in the day when people used to write letters, they would say, "I'm doing this," and I did this on Saturday, and I fancied this boy down at the students' union, and all that kind of stuff. And I felt that it was them telling me about their life and so I delivered all those letters back to um back to the people that had written them and it was hmm. such a special time actually so that was one of the one of the nicest things that I've, I've decluttered I would say and the other exciting one is probably a dog is that kind of a strange one and so decluttered uh, yeah. a dog yeah a newfound <laughs> dog so one of my clients had managed to get uh, well had found in a very small flat she'd found a dog and then my best friend had it was on her kind of um not what you call it, not a mood like a not a mood board, you know one of those but things yeah, where, like yeah, like your vision board, yeah. Yeah, vision vision board yeah. that she wanted a Newfoundland dog. So I was working with one client who got this huge dog in a very small place and she's like, I need to send it back to the shelter or whatever. I was just and I was like, I know exactly who like that. And a week later the dog was um with my one of my very best friends and it's still there to this day.
0: Oh, that one's super fun. I love that. I do love the letter thing too. That, yeah. And it is interesting if you, write As you said that it makes sense, right? You're writing letters, telling people about your day and then asking them how their day was, but you can't write from their perspective. So their letter back to you is the opposite. And yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Sending those on so
1: huh, clever. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking really hard what I've, I've found. <laughs> I mean, I've found so many interesting things in my yeah. own house. I'm not really sure if there's anything really special decluttered that I'm... I'm I mean, I could declutter all the time. Yeah. But with my clients, I mean, you know, we've I I've found, I've found amazing things. Uh, I found, you mm. know, you find lots of money and mm. special passports and, <laughs> and things that were lost, you know, a, a ring or anything like that. I uh, I did find somebody's uh, picture of her dad with the queen that she thought she had lost and that was very special. So when wow. we found that, we of course did not declutter it because no. it was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> well
2: but... done, Link, well done. That's a big win. That. Yeah.
1: Decluttering wise, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I declutter, you know loads of stuff, you know, clothing and everything like that. But if there's anything like a dog, I'm I I can't I can't top that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Between the two of you, who would you say is more minimalist? Ingrid. I was gonna say I've got my bets on Ingrid over here, but <laughs>
2: yeah I was a, gonna let an, you guys <laughs> by an absolute mile by an absolute mile you can see actually our background <laughs> well yeah, Well, it's so funny actually
0: on my screen we are in order of Ingrid having more white space than myself and then <laughs> Leslie on the yeah. other end with having less white space so it's very interesting kind of seeing our three different backgrounds but I think um, I think that's, quite, that's
2: what's quite in- Ingrid doesn't really like so I'm the one who still buys you know I'm the one who mm. buys clothes and all that kind of stuff and Ingrid's quite you don't love that and so we're still shoppers in this house we're declutterers but we're shoppers for sure and with three kids my husband's an absolute nightmare with it and so we are we do like stuff but we have a big throughput of stuff Um, but Ingrid's not so much are you which is what makes it quite interesting when we're um, working the two of us together.
1: Yeah. I think that's what makes it so interesting because Leslie is like fantastic. I mean, look. I mean, you have to look at her background to see what yeah. a fantastic interior designer she has. Such a good eye for colors and for fabrics and for just how a room, you know, can look. So she's really fantastic with that. I mean, of course, she's good at decluttering and organizing oh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm I'm really more on the minimalist side, the cleaning side, the the the, the tidying not having an influx and I think that makes us such a good combination and why mm-hmm. we really can can pull a lot of our information from from different um, angles and and have an understanding I mean I still have you know a husband and two kids so there's stuff in this house but <laughs> yeah I I, we, I try to be very um, um yeah I, I I'm quite more frugal more kind of careful with what I spend my do we really need it do we want it do we can we can we buy it secondhand can we find another way so i think for me that's i don't know it's just i think maybe how i was raised or what we find important I, for me it's all about the experiences so mm-hmm. the money that i have really goes on holidays and doing fun things with the family and going days out and things like that so, and yeah you know you, you can only um spend your money once so you have to be uh, <laughs> mindful about it yeah
0: Interesting. I love it. I love how yeah, there's all there's always different approaches. So there is definitely no one size fits all. And yeah. um, and so I love that. Well, this has been lovely. So where can people find
1: you? You can have find us on the declutterhub dot declutterhub.com. You can find our podcast on there as well. Definitely. There's a link to the podcast. We have if you want to know more about our membership, you can look on members.declutterhub.com. Or if you're thinking, I would love to be in the the Facebook group, we've got a fantastic Facebook group called the Declutter Up Community with Ingrid and Leslie. So check it out. All right. Come and hang out with us. Yeah, for sure.
0: We'll make sure we link to all of those in the show notes. So if people are listening to this on the go, they can uh, just link on through and find you uh, lovely ladies. My favorite way to end every podcast is with three rapid fire questions. So let's decide. Um, how about Ingrid? You go first. And then Leslie, you go second on the first question. We'll flip flop on the second I'm scared. one. It's like a and, competition. Uh, we'll go like a- that. I know. Who, <laughs> right. can, who can be the most minimalist with their answer? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> Nobody's keeping score. There is no score. All right. So the first one, what does minimalism mean to you?
1: For me, it's finding out what you love and what you use and let it, letting go of anything you no longer need. And that doesn't serve your
2: life. And you, Leslie? Oh, I thought we were doing one each. Oh, no, you're both
1: doing
0: them, but just uh, (laughs) who goes first? I
2: I think it's really about keeping things for the present and not being bogged down by the past or the future. I think so many of us are really bogged down by keeping things from the past and keeping things for future generations. And I'm all about focusing on the present. So that's what minimalism is for me. And it really homes you can home in on the present.
0: Great, both wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. All right, second question. Leslie, we'll start with you. What uh, is one of your favorite pieces of advice that you would like to share that you haven't
2: gotten to share yet today? Um, I think it's really simple, um, but start small. Don't overwhelm yourself with goals that are too big. Set a goal, have a vision, keep it small, keep it simple.
1: And you, Ingrid? And for me, definitely is decide what you want to keep instead of deciding what you want to let go. It's the same thing, but it's the whole mindset that's different. What is important enough to stay in your home, in your space, in your life, and what's all the other stuff that can go? Hmm. Yep.
0: And the third one, um, Ingrid, we'll start with you. What is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Oh,
1: I've got so much to be grateful for. I just, every day when I wake up, I'm like, I love it that I can chat to Leslie and that we still have so much fun and we can laugh together and help so many people. And I think that makes me really happy. I feel I'm contributing to something bigger and that is for me just, Mm -hmm. I love that.
2: So nice. And you Leslie? yeah I mean I'm the same you know we love what we do together from a business perspective but in a personal in our personal lives for for both and I can speak for both of us on this one it's families everything to us and those experiences that Ingrid mentioned and then we need to throw in one more little one that we both love which is we're both in something called rock choir and so we sing every week and so we're in the same choir but 200 miles apart if that makes sense and it's a big national choir there's 30,000 people across the UK in the choir but we all have our own little things. So every me on a Tuesday, Ingrid on a Wednesday, we go and we sing our little hearts out and that makes (laughs) us very happy.
0: Oh, that's fun. I love that you find those little pieces of joy and what another fun way to connect just kind of on more hobby level. And so, yeah, well, ladies, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, talking about decluttering one of my favorite topics. I wish you all the best. Thank you so so much. much.
1: Yeah. It's been absolutely lovely. I've really enjoyed being here. So thank you so much for having us. My pleasure. Cheers. Well, that was a fun chat
0: and I hope you enjoyed it too. What was your favorite tidbit? I'd love to hear it. Come on over to the wannabe minimalist family group on Facebook and share. And thanks again to Leslie and Ingrid for joining us on the show today and for sharing some great advice. Remember, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 128 to get the links for today's show. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 128 to find all the links um, where you can reach out to our guests and get all that information that you'd like. And as always, thank you for joining me too. If you made it this far, I would be absolutely thrilled if you would leave me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews make my day and it helps me be able to book more guests on this show for you to discover and learn from. I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll see you back here next week for a solo show when I will be looking at some shocking statistics about clutter. It is sure to be eye-opening and you won't want to miss it. I'm Deanna Yates and you've been listening to Wanna Be Minimalist. Cheers.